I'm Ellen Weatherford. This podcast contains uncensored profanity and topics not intended for all audiences. This episode in particular is about sex, and we mention things like incest, so if you don't want to hear about it, this is your opportunity to turn it off and enjoy the rest of your day undisturbed. But if you do want to learn how to have sex in space, then welcome right this way to Spellbound and Gagged. I am here with my friend. We have met in the past. We have met on Just the Zoo of Us, my other podcast where we talk about animals, where you joined us to talk about giraffes. That's right. This is Ashley Hamer. Say hi, Ashley. Hi. Ashley, for folks listening who are maybe thinking, is this voice a little familiar? Let our friends at home uh, know what they may know you from. Yeah. I was the co-host for over a thousand episodes of the podcast Curiosity Daily, which is a daily science podcast. Doing anything a thousand times is an insurmountable feat to me. This seems like Sisyphean. I mean, to me, too. Like, I can't believe that it was a thousand. But it it gets easier to do when you do a daily podcast. And like, we didn't record every day that everyone does. Everyone (laughs) always asks that. And it's like, no, we did it in batches. We did like once a week and we record five episodes. But yeah, you probably learned a ridiculous amount of stuff on that show, too. I did. And, you know, so much of it I have forgotten. But some of it, some of it's still there, hopefully. It just (laughs) needs to be unlocked. It's like you need a little sleeper, like, sleeper agent activation phrase that's going to, like, it's going to be at, like, a dinner party, right, where someone's going to mention something vaguely tangentially related, and you're going to be like, you know what I know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know what information I have? (laughs) And my hope is to be arming people um, out there who might go out to dinner parties and subsequently completely bring them to a screeching halt with the sorts of things that they will hear on this podcast. (laughs) That's really my goal is to ruin some dinner parties. Right. I want this person to be just like alone in a corner, like without anybody around them because they're like, that guy's something wrong. (laughs) It's kind of a homing beacon, though, because... You're, there's usually going to be at least one other person there that's going to hear you from across the room talking about astronauts getting it on. Yes. And they're going to be like, hold on, tell me more. And then you'll have a little pod breakout. And- <laughs> right. Which is both of us. Really. really. If we were at that <laughs> dinner party. We'd be like, wait a minute. I know you're over in the corner uh, terror- terrorizing some poor, poor person. And then I, from the kitchen across the room getting my drink, I'm like, Excuse me. Yeah. I couldn't help but hear. It's like in the movies when there's always like a mute cute moment where like someone looks at someone across the room and they meet eyes and there's like everything slows down and the camera zooms in on that person and like the music swells and stuff. And you're like, oh, it's love at first sight. But it's it's that except it's me zooming in on you talking about astronauts boning. Boning. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of astronauts boning if i think i'm gonna make the title of the episode out of this world because sometimes sex can be out of this world oh yeah quite literally because you had pitched this idea Mm -hmm. to talk about today and i'm i have to know why so it's something i've been curious about i feel like everybody's curious about this but like it's something i've been curious about for years and years and years and It's also something that is like really hard to research. So Mm. part of me is like, why did you pitch that? But um, (laughs) a lot of this is going to be speculative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's something that happened. I know in um, The Expanse, there's there's like microgravity sex. And 
you know, everybody's just curious about it. Like, we want to know, like, has someone done it? Like, how is it? Uh. There are enough, like, romantic movies that take place in space that, like, clearly it's yeah. been on the brain. Right. Uh, I know that a lot of that does come from, like, science fiction, right? Or, like, we're seeing elements of life in space that don't currently exist in our, like, extant physical world, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Life in space at this moment is, like, not as advanced as it looks on like science fiction movies and stuff. So um, it's a little less glamorous than that. But uh, you mentioned that like, this is difficult to research because this isn't something people talk about a lot. But were you able to find any goodies? Okay, so it's it's like, (laughs) goodies is uh, overstating it a bit. So basically, NASA swears that no one has ever had sex in space. Okay. Sure. And I honestly, like, I sort of believe them because it's like these are government employees who are on the job 24-7. And I like back in the 90s, NASA even made a like a rule that married couples couldn't go up to space together. Hmm. And they're also just like not in they're in close quarters and there's not really a lot of privacy. And so I sort of believe it. And so really a lot of it is just speculation about like what it would be like and like what would happen. What tools would you need? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. That's the saddest part about this topic because there's sort of like, oh, man, there's nobody back in the 90s. There was like a hoax. Someone wrote in a book about how like they knew that you know, these these astronauts actually did like have sex in space and here's what happened and mm. they just made it up whole cloth. But you hate to see it. That could have been yeah. good. Could have been gold. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been. You know what that was? Fan fiction. It was. It was. was. Astronaut fan fiction. I'm sure it's happened many times since then. Yes. Hold on, let me just pull up archive of our own real fast. <laughs> and let me see if Neil Armstrong is on there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's- He's a looker. Who are we shipping him with? Like, yeah. what is our OTP? Are we like a Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong kind of like? Right, right. I think it would. I mean, considering the uh, demographics that have gone to space, it would have to be like a like a gay rom com fan fiction. Yes, that's my feeling about them saying, "Oh yeah, married couples can't go to space" because that's the only thing right. preventing people <laughs> from getting it on. Like, oh no, if they're not married, they won't get it. On. Like, they won't have sex if they're not married what yeah right (laughs) nasa apparently nasa's even weird about like animals subjects having sex like they're they're like oh they one time they even denied that they have ever done any experiments with reproduction in space with animals Mm. and it's like blatantly not true because you there are published studies that use you know just fess up y'all are weird like own it you're just prudes (laughs) just be cool about it it's funny because i I mentioned to my mom the other day that we were going to be talking about having sex in space and my mom was like oh it's so funny that you say that because just this morning i was thinking to myself about what would happen if an animal was born in zero gravity like if i i don't know if that's something that you came across like has it happened well so (laughs) So I'm very frustrated with with that subject because it feels like anytime you try to research what's been written about um, sex in space, everybody's always like, well, it would be really bad for reproduction. And it's like, well, that's not what it's for. But I think rats have been born in space. I think that's a thing. 
I mean, you can't, you cannot stop rats from yeah, getting right. down and dirty. I've had pet rats and they were all male and they were getting intimate on the regular. So yeah. reproduction was clearly not a factor for them in that environment. But you, right. you, you can't keep rats from going to town. No, but, but there is, there is evidence that like female rats actually stop ovulating in oh. microgravity. There's something oh. weird about it. One of the things that will happen is they stop ovulating, but also some of them lose this corpus luteum, which makes the hormones that are responsible for actually keeping a pregnancy. So oh. it's possible that a baby couldn't be born in space. But I mean, rats are different than, you know, right. humans. So we don't know. I'm wondering what the effect would be for an, an entire being that's born with no gravity. Right. So the thing about microgravity is that in fully adult humans, it causes bone weakness, muscle weakness. It can make it's really bad for you. It can give you backaches. It can make your eyes swell so you can't see that well. Mm. Um, it can make your brain swell. It can, humans are not made for it. And I feel like a baby born in that environment, you know, I mean, maybe they would adapt to it better, but probably mm. they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that well. Hi, it's me editing. So after we recorded this, I was doing research for my other podcast on the Iberian ribbed newt. And wouldn't you know it, the darn things have been up there popping babies out in space. Since these particular newts can hold sperm in their cloaca and delay fertilization, it turns out they're actually great research subjects for embryonic development in space. So newt larvae who were born in space didn't actually do amazing as 40% of the larvae that developed in microgravity had microcephaly, among other neural abnormalities of the central nervous system, which doesn't quite bode well for the prospect of spacefaring human children. I'll put a link to that paper in the episode description below if you're curious and want to learn more. Anyway, back to the episode. I think this was a plot point in Wally, <laughs> in the Pixar movie Wally. Have you seen oh, it? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the people have spent so many generations on board the spaceship that they've experienced like massive amounts of bone density loss. Yeah. And their bones just like disintegrate over time. Um, and so I don't know. I, I guess that makes me have to wonder how much impact gravity is actually having on our like physical development over time, right? Because you have to be constantly exerting effort just to like stand up. And so your your muscles are working so much harder on Earth than they would be in space. I mean, I think I think the amount of gravity that we have on Earth has just as big of an impact as the oxygen that we breathe. I mean, right. I think all of this we have we have evolved to be in this environment. And when we go out of that environment, you know, uh, all bets are off. This is a huge barrier to Mars colonization. <laughs> it is. It is. Because like it would take so long to get there, right? That you would need to ensure that you're able to reproduce once you get because you can't just be shipping babies off to Mars, right? Right. Right. <laughs> you can't be like doing the work here and then shipping your kid off in a spaceship. Yeah, and we know really very little about even what the the longest anyone has ever been in space has been like a year. Mm. So we don't really know how I think it takes three years to get to Mars. And so, you know, we, we don't really know what effect that's going to have on an adult human, much less a baby or a pregnancy. So all of those things are, are really, um, really up in the air. As somebody who has been pregnant, uh, the thought of spending your pregnancy in zero gravity 
sounds heavenly. That it does so good to me. Actually. Yeah, just, <laughs> even just going in a pool when you're pregnant is like, oh my goodness, like this is so much better. You live in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you just? go on the space station for your pregnancy just to not have to deal with all that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Then you've got, so this is the big thing though. The really big thing is the radiation. Oh. So you've got so many cells dividing in a fetus, right? They're just growing like crazy. Mm. And then you have this radiation just pelting your DNA oh. and making those those cells grow really strangely. And so you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a good time. Dang. I had like not even thought about radiation existing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot radiation happens. But um, I mean, is that just like something that you're just experiencing passively in space? Yeah, because I mean, we've got we've got a lot of, you know, we've got our, our magnetic field that mm -hmm. is protecting us from all of that space radiation. But yeah, there is there's a ton of it in in space. I mean, think about it, even flight attendants have a higher risk of cancer because they're just closer to space. Oh, no joke. So when you're in space, it's even worse. This is starting to sound a little bit like it has a little potential for some sort of superhero origin story. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like a, someone who like was a part of an experiment to like see what would happen if you have a pregnancy and a birth in completely in space. And then yeah. radiation happens, which any science fiction fan will tell you that radiation is just shorthand for magic. Absolutely. Yep. You are automatically a superhero. It's just radiation is just what science fiction writers throw in when they're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you will you will absolutely get uh, wonderful powers and you will not die a horrible death. And there will be no harmful effects on you whatsoever. Absolutely. And you will also not definitely not be sterile forever. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. No, I could imagine like I like the idea of um, you know, some some superhero whose mom just like didn't know she was pregnant. I don't know how NASA would let that go, but um seems like something they'd check for. Yeah, you'd think so. And so <laughs> she just went up to space and then she came back down and the the you know cosmic rays turned him into spaceman. I don't know. I do feel like that, name. that opens up a little bit more if you wanted to get like super science fiction with it, you could go a little Star Trek and be like, oh, it was like alien DNA. And then now you've got like a half alien, half human. Oh, yeah, that would that would definitely be more interesting for sure. I yeah. might actually be uh, violating a Star Trek copyright right now. That's probably actually <laughs> something that happened in one of those old Star Trek episodes. There are a lot of episodes. It's pretty much guaranteed something like that happened. I mean, yeah. they're constantly inter hybridizing with other right. vaguely human species so but once once you get into like space radiation that's just a science fiction writer's like playground like, i'm gonna get so silly with it yeah but one of the things about because i i said flight attendants and that made me remember yeah. that actually so we know a little bit about what happens to men who are in basically in the military like like pilots mm. who spend a lot of time in like altered gravity or like at you know many g's when they're flying jets um and they actually seem to father more female than male babies now what's happening here i don't know i don't think anybody <laughs> knows it's just a weird thing and it's like yeah maybe the the male sperm don't like it i don't know is the sample size small enough to possibly attribute this to chance 
I think so. I mean, if you're you, these are very specialized people that you're, right. you're studying, right? It's not a not a very large swath of the population because it has to be people who spend a lot of time exposed to this radiation and then also have a lot of kids after that. Yeah. So yeah. I I can't imagine that applies to a ton of people. Like what is what what is N in this Although, study? <laughs> I will say, you know, fighter pilot. Like that's probably, true. You, they probably get a lot of get a lot of action. They're probably pulling. So, yeah. <laughs> I, but that also means that they have to be reporting all of those children. So they oh have to yeah, know no, about they probably them. don't know about half of them. I yeah. was going to say like you, that's not accounting for the ones they just don't know about. What if they have a bunch of male babies they just don't know about? Yeah. Could be, could be. So more studies needed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> need to fill in some gaps. They need to wait until like an 18-year-old boy comes knocking on their door. I'm like, Daddy, I didn't know you existed. I'm saying yeah. ancestry DNA tests could mm. alter the findings of this study <laughs> drastically. <It really> could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so as you mentioned earlier, reproduction is not necessarily the end goal of sex. Mm -hmm. Like many species, we have sex for fun. We're not trying to have babies. We're just trying to have a good time. You send astronauts up, like you said, they're in close quarters. Mm -hmm. You get lonely. Mm -hmm. You get bored. You get horny. You know, like sometimes what happens in the space shuttle stays in the space shuttle. So I think the thing that most intrigues me about the concept of having sex in space, which of course has never happened, for sure. Oh, yes. Never yes, happened. Sure. Definitely not. Wink nudge um is the logistics of it i'm imagining that gravity is doing a lot of work for sex on earth right so when you're in an environment with no gravity so this is what i this is how i imagine it imagine you're you're building a birdhouse mm. and you have to hammer a nail right into some wood and on earth that's pretty easy. You've got you've got the wood. You've got you've got a solid surface. You can you can hammer that nail in very easily. But ready, yeah. if you're in in microgravity and you're just floating around, there's nothing to hammer against. Well, you, know? well, you hammer it and then the damn thing flies away, right? Exactly. Now you're and then you can't hammer it again. You just you get the one hammer and then you're also flying away. <laughs> yeah. And then you're both flying in different directions, right? And then nothing's getting done now. I mean, I, I imagine you get up against the side of the spacecraft or whatever, but still, I mean, there's just gravity helps you out right. with, with some of this. And I mean, it you know, I guess it's it's akin to like pool sex, right? Which some people enjoy. I don't I'm it's it's fine. I guess I it, don't like the UTIs. I don't like the UTI component of that. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, for people who who enjoy that space sex would probably be great but i just think that you know we really uh we don't value gravity enough we are definitely not giving gravity the roses that it deserves because yeah. wow it's one of those things that's like you know like humans didn't even notice it <laughs> until, I like, know, yeah. super late in the game and we we're like dang have y'all ever noticed this stuff <laughs> That's weird, right. right? What if it didn't? Like, what if you drop stuff that didn't fall? That'd be weird, right? Right. In order for SpaceX to work, in order for you to even, like, be able to get in where you could be physically completing sex without you both drifting off and flying away, right? Because momentum mm -hmm. is going to be your, your enemy here. You would need basically, like, specialized equipment to do that. 
Like you would need something involving like things you could hold on to to stay in place. You would need like I know that for astronauts that live in and spend prolonged amounts of time in zero gravity, they kind of strap themselves in, right? For things like sleeping. Yeah, and, right, and they, right. You could do something like that. You could, but then like why why have sex in space in the first place? I mean, unless you know you're there for a very long time. But I'm like, I'm I'm imagining that someone goes up to to space specifically to have sex in microgravity for science. Yeah, for science. Like, but if you have to strap yourself down a whole lot, like, why not just do it on Earth? Just wait till you get. By back. the way, I, I feel like this is a really good opportunity to make Newton sound hornier than he ever has, which is <laughs> not very much. Uh, a body in motion, stay in motion, <laughs> unless acted on by an outside force. That's the entire thing with space sex. And you're just going to be acted on. You're going to be acted on, and then you're just going to go flying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, let me set your body in motion. <laughs> <laughs> well, since since the equipment investment would then require like the sign off of NASA, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Then you'd be forcing NASA to admit that people are gonna fuck in space, right? Yeah. And I don't think they're they want to do that badly enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have to do those experiments if we're gonna go to Mars. Like, we have to know what's gonna happen if people have sex because they're gonna have to. Also, as much as I hate to bring his name up, knowing that Elon Musk is quite interested in spending a good amount of his time recreationally in space. Yes. I feel like he's gonna kind I feel like his crew is probably gonna be pioneers in the space sex industry. This is yeah. This is not an endorsement. I do not like this man, but if anyone is going to invest the money and the resources and the time into coordinating the ability to have space have sex in space, it's gonna be Elon Musk. Cause he's he's gonna wanna have like some luxury, you know, space liner that he he can bring the homies up to and basically have like a bachelor pad in space, which you got to figure out how to bone if you're going to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely private space flight is where this is going to happen first. I like, yeah, it's not going to be NASA. And I feel like, I feel like Elon Musk is probably, this was probably like the first idea. I, we're <laughs> like, I'm probably going to get a cease and desist. That's like, you're spilling too many of our secrets, yeah. actually. Like you have <laughs> internal documents. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to happen with, private space fight i i would imagine that he would probably i don't think it would even be a secret i think it would be like a, a selling point for sure yeah because like then you could market it as like a cruise ship in space right like how are you mm -hmm. gonna have a cruise ship in space if you can't you know have a little fling on the cruise ship that's what cruise ships are for so right right <laughs> how are you gonna market that what what if they were like yeah it's a cruise with no sex allowed <laughs> Ooh, love those a romantic getaway where you're physically incapable of intercourse <laughs> Oh, sign me up. Yeah, great. Yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> Way I'd love to spend a week. So as much as I dis have disdain for the person in particular, I do have to like face the facts that like, if randos like me are ever going to make it into space, it's going to be because of this dude dicking around, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, once once randos like us make it into space, many people will have already soiled that for us. Like it does kind of suck that like I will never be the first. Yeah. Which yeah. that that dream is shattered. But a part of me is also like, there's definitely already been a first, right? Yeah, right. So here's okay, so here's the one little tidbit that I found that could suggest that someone 
has had sex in space. There was an AMA in like like a Reddit AMA. Yeah, like a Reddit AMA stands for "Ask Me Anything" for people Ask not me familiar. Anything in 2012 oh. with American astronaut Ron Garin. Come on, Ron! And people were asking him like, "What's it like? What's you know?" And he he actually said that someone said i assume you folks don't have a lot of privacy up there is it easy to get away and spend time by yourself at all or basically impossible and he says the iss is huge and you can find some quote quiet time unquote if you need it and then <laughs> the, immediately the first comment is space sturbation is confirmed <laughs> that is that's the most 2012 reddit comment I've ever heard in my life. That is the most yeah. like, if you had a time capsule of the internet from 2012, <laughs> it would be that exact comment. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so yes, the intercourse as in like two people mashing their genitals together, that type of intercourse is gonna be very challenging in space. Masturbation is a different picture entirely, but uh, obviously that's way easier. Yeah, right. It just takes you and you're, you're good yep. to go, you're ready. But it does introduce a different logistical issue which is what happens to the ejaculate what do you do <laughs> right it's just it's just gonna be a ball like a ball of jizz i mean because that's what happens to water right it's just like these little orbs that float around i yeah it's gonna it's gonna just float away it's not gonna be good for the instruments it's sticky you don't want it like yeah. you don't want it mucking up the control panels and stuff like that you know that's gonna be expensive to get out of there yes because they're gonna need to sanitize it and then you gotta like warn people because <laughs> you gotta like talk to people about like hey oh gosh and doesn't like the air get recycled and like refiltered yeah yeah and the moisture yeah. in the I air think you're gonna need you need to cover that up like mm -hmm. use a sock or like a like a condom i think that's how they pee anyways like they pee into things that are basically like condoms so that's probably easy to come by <laughs> maybe you could just maybe you could just jack off into the toilet but there's not like it's not gonna go into the toilet right like it's just gonna... well if you use if you use the thing that because they have to like literally stick their dicks in oh it's like a like a suction device yeah okay yeah, huh. yeah. so they and apparently apparently when they poop little poop droplets like do float around sometimes um so yeah i guess i guess honestly this is less bad than poop that's true, because you're probably yeah. not going to get like, what is it, E. coli that you can get from poop, right? Right. So like, you're yeah. probably going to get not going to get a deadly infection. It's just a little jizz. Like, it's not that big a deal. You're going to be fine. Right. <laughs> be cool about it. <laughs> I mean, I guess if, you, if you're lonely and you got a partner up in space and you decide that you're going to have a little bit of intimacy, if one of you is a person with a penis who produces ejaculate... I mean, a blowjob's got to be the way to go, right? Like, right. I feel like honestly, a hand job might be easier because a blowjob still has the like almost, you know, there's a whole head moving. True. Versus like a hand, and you can kind of hold on. I mean, you could hold on with a blowjob too, I guess. Also, with a blowjob, like the, the sort of the positioning possibilities are going to be endless at that point. True. Right. So, like, you okay. could get in like extremely comfortable positions, right? Where you're so not here's like where the advantage. Comes. You're not straining yeah. your neck. You're not having mm -hmm. to like work your arms or anything like that. You're just like vibing completely. Like, everyone's <laughs> having a great time. And then you don't have to worry about the ejaculate flying off, right? Right. Boom, there you go. Yeah. You're done. I mean, if you're like, 
if you swallow, right? Because then, it's, sure, sure. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I think there's something that astronauts are able to do with like toothpaste. Like when they want to spit it out, they have like a suction tube or something. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. You're probably going to have to go by toothpaste rules for this, right? <laughs> just thinking about being like, oh, just one second. <laughs> the, the, the suction thing just not doesn't seem sexy. But, you know, Luckily, by that point, it doesn't need to be sexy. It's the already deed over. Is done. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to maintain sexiness at that. You're already in like breakdown phase, right? You're already yeah. cleaning up and you're like, OK. And this is it's just it's just you guys on the space station. So it's not like there's going to be a second date like you. <laughs> can't <laughs> that's true like what are you gonna like awkwardly avoid each other no yeah. you have to like report back to ground control <laughs> you're not gonna be ghosted on the iss like we're both there <laughs> though can you imagine somebody attempting it <laughs> just like, i can i have met men and i can't imagine that maybe someone's like hey um can we talk about and the other person's just like slowly putting their headset on like they're, they're like slowly latching that big giant bubble astronaut helmet onto their they're like oh that's i have to go um on a spacewalk i gotta go fix something on the outside of the space station and i'm not gonna be back for the rest of the trip <laughs> like wow frank's really been doing that eva for a long time <laughs> he's been out there a while yeah this is weird <laughs> but i'm I, don't, I think oral sex is gonna have to be the way to go yeah and actually it seems like it's even easier to to do that to a vagina it's probably so much easier to yeah. have oral sex in general in space like i think if you're if you're like looking at all the possibilities of having sex in space genitals to genitals it's going to be more difficult mm -hmm. hand to genitals might be more difficult possibly i think mouth to genitals is going to be it <laughs> yeah yeah no piv in space that's the that's the lesson just like that's the last resort it's the last resort truly that's when you're you're like you know what i am i just don't have shit else to do today <laughs> <laughs> let's see what we can do let's let's strap ourselves down i was watching a video recently of an astronaut you know who like lives on a space station and was just walking through her like daily routine her life you know this is what like daily all the relatable stuff right like she can't talk yeah. about like the actual technical stuff because it would go Phew, it would i would not understand what she's saying but sure. she was talking about you know like brushing her teeth and how to like like keeping everything so you know like even washing her hair right she had to use like a dry shampoo that wouldn't yeah. like get all over the place and they have to use water very sparingly and i just know that that would make cleanup after sex so difficult i feel like you'd be extremely prone to getting a uti yeah well even before that like how smelly do you think they all are right mm. like you're you're having sex with some some dirty dirty parts and the air's getting recycled all over the space station so like if anyone's doing it anywhere on the space station everybody yeah. is gonna be like okay oh. <laughs> yeah that is not a lot of privacy <laughs> maybe everyone on the space station is like i see you all right get it yeah, good yeah. for you good for you <laughs> but oh, they can't man. have too many people doing that at once i think that would just get a little overpowering yeah yeah it would yeah, I wonder I wonder how much cuz like I feel like in so many space movies there's always that point where the astronauts are like like turn off comms like fuck NASA. Let's just we're we're doing this on our yeah, own. They, like, they can't yeah. tell us what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder I wonder if that ever actually happens because it I feel like that would make sex a lot easier. Like NASA's asking me what I'm doing for work and I just I'm like no, I'm I'm boning right now. Like I'm not going <laughs> to talk to you. You'd be like yeah. uh, you're breaking up. I can't hear you. 
<laughs> solar storm, and then turn it off. Oh, I just, you know, that thing you said about Curiosity Daily where, like, one thing will just, like, pop in mm-hmm. your head. Uh, it just did. I was right. So do you know what they do with their with their dirty underwear on, on the ISS? Uh, do they burn it? They burn it. They, oh, my they God. That was it. They do. They put it on a little rocket ship and they fly it in and it burns up like in the atmosphere. They don't wash their clothes. They just throw them at Earth and they burn up on, on impact. I have about three loads of laundry in my laundry room right now that I, I'd i be lying if I said I didn't have the exact same thought. Like, what if I just burn it and start it start all over again? <laughs> right. I mean, does that mean they're wearing like disposable underwear? So they there's there's various yeah I mean it I mean it is literally disposable they they are disposing of it but they wear it for like several days and then pants they'll wear for several weeks like shirts they'll wait, wear for like a week so everything is really stretched out but yeah yeah it's disposable they they just bring a certain number and they figure the rest they're just gonna throw away this makes me kind of regret what I said earlier about oral sex being the way to go in space because you know they're not smelling great in the underwear zone haven't had a proper bath yeah although you know what the other thing is you're all swollen also like your 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 nose your your sinuses like you can't actually smell that well so maybe space so that's a good thing hopefully but yeah yeah hygiene might might be negating any sort of advantage that oral sex would have. Uh, so that actually yeah. might bring it back down to an L, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That reminds me of, since you said that they get that they go through like tons of underwear because their underwear is disposable. Have you heard the song about, which is like based on a real thing that happened, about the woman that got sent to space with a hundred tampons? Yes, yes. <laughs> No, that was uh, that was Sally Ride. Yeah, because all the men were like, "How many tampons do you, is is a hundred enough?" And she Good, said, right? "One hundred would be like a, a too large a number." <laughs> she just was like, "No." She was like, "I appreciate the effort," <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. Someone wrote a song. There's right? an adorable little song about it's great. One hundred tampons. Yeah. The song we were talking about is 100 Tampons by Marsha Belsky, and it goes a little something like this. Remember when NASA sent a woman to space for only six days and they gave her 100 tampons, 100 tampons. And they asked, will that be enough? So here's the thing. Most women who go to space actually are on birth control to stop their periods so they don't have to deal with the tampon problem. Oh, gosh. Now that you said that, now I'm thinking about having your period in space. And yeah, no. that's I mean, like I used to take birth control pills that would stop my period. But like every once in a while, you'd have like a rogue period, right? Yeah. Like one that would just show up and then you'd be like, oh, no, I don't have tampons anymore. Like... I'm not prepared for this, right? So I have to think, like, that would be the worst time. (laughs) It really would. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, luckily, you'd be wearing clothes that I would imagine would stop it from just you wouldn't have blood just flying around in the floating around in space. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're if you're in microgravity, it's not flowing down, right? It's just like 
stay at- oh, what if true. you just stayed there the whole time you were mm, up there i don't think i care for that no <laughs> i don't think i love that actually but it's like you know like if you've been like if you're asleep at night and then you wake up and when you sit up everything just like falls down yes. yeah, yeah that's probably not oh god you go back to earth and oh. you just they open up the capsule and you're just like swimming in <laughs> like there's been a miscalculation <laughs> <laughs> like you also maybe wouldn't have known that that was gonna happen until you get there oh yeah, no that's yeah. the worst possible that just brings back like every horrifying like middle school bleeding through your pants scenario yes. sort of nightmare and then amplified i mean those spacesuits are white <sighs> that's a bold choice that's yeah. a bold choice yeah. everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> That is, br and especially when you come back from space, you probably have like all the cameras on you and stuff. You think you'd ever see like an astronaut stepping out of the space station with like a sweater cleverly tied around their waist? Like, <laughs> yeah, guys, this is just the hoodie I wear around my waist all the time. <laughs> if we do, we'll know. We'll know why why that hoodie's there. You and me will know. We'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's just like, you think about like how how much of the infrastructure of space travel has been built entirely by just cis dudes that have yes. no comprehension of like how anyone could ever possibly have any different body from them, right? And so yeah. I have to imagine that like if there are going to be any type of like space sex equipment or anything you know it's gonna be like penis centric to start with you're gonna get some like space approved fleshlights or something like that long before you get anything else which like you know i mean except for the women who ejaculate like it's it's pretty much no mess when if you're just dealing with a vagina so it's I feel like that's, yeah, that's the first step, really, that they should go for. Send vibrators into space. Yeah. Start including them on the space shuttle packing list. Get some Definitely. vibrators up there. Yeah, yeah. They're for everybody. There needs to be a one-to-one -one astronaut to vibrator ratio so that everybody gets their own. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that's it's only fair. Yeah. That would really take the edge off, I feel like. Like, you're never going to get, like, a super stressed out sexually frustrated astronaut if everyone's got their own vibrator yeah you're not gonna get like a mutiny or something everybody's, <laughs> everyone's gonna, gonna be, be so chill that is gonna be the chillest space flight you've ever seen in your life everyone's having a fantastic time they're like i'm actually Definitely. good houston we have no problems up here <laughs> this rules <laughs> precisely uh, there's also a bunch of other stuff that happens to your body when you're in space. Oh. So you you get sweaty. That makes sense. Uh, apparently astronauts sweat a lot in space. Though for a lot of people, that is kind of like a turn on though. Like a lot of people really like like the hot and sweaty Ooh, sort I mean, of look. Yeah, you get like, yeah, you you get hot and sweaty when you have sex. So it's like, maybe, yeah, maybe right. that's fine. Maybe that's something. This is, this is the big one. People usually experience lower blood pressure in space, okay. which means that blood flow would not get to the important organs oh no yeah I, yeah vaginas are taking another w on this yeah, one i'm again. so sorry again yeah. <laughs> once again you know i think a lot of thinking about like space insects just is motivated by like this tendency to want to imagine what all of life would be like in space right because like we want to imagine like what would it be like if we lived in space what would it be like yeah. if we lived on mars or on the moon or something like that like it's i think it's it's just something that i really find fun to think about like how could life like biologically look different without the influences of the earth 
Yeah. I mean, so again, I'm, the expanse is the thing that I feel like is the most realistic depiction of space travel that, like, or living in space that I've seen. And they have these people who live on the asteroid belt and they're called belters and they are taller than people on earth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, because, because they live in lower gravity than people on earth. I just think that's lovely. Is it that they're not being like pulled down by gravity yeah. so they get taller? Yeah. That's very, uh, who's the guy? Who's the giraffe neck guy? Lamarckian? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I can see that, right? Like, you just don't have, I mean, you probably wouldn't have that great of bone density, but I could, I don't know. There's probably something keeping us from getting that tall. I would, I would buy that more if, like, the people who had colonized that place were already also tall. Yeah. There is a certain genetic part to it, yeah. Yeah, which that God, is... How, how bad would it be to be just, like, the short guy among all of the, the tall belters? Like, oh, my parents were five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> yeah. That does... Mm, that does lead my brain to, like, thinking about, oh, okay, if you're going to have a colony of humans in space that are meant to be there for multiple generations and, like, establish a lasting colony, you're going to get some genetic bottlenecking and some incest oh yeah like a lot of it real weird it's gonna get a lot of incest real like that you literally have no other option right like what else are you gonna do like bring like import partners every couple years or something like no there's just not enough people around like you're gonna have some incest so well yeah but it's like are they gonna survive you know incest causes a lot of weird weird genetic things and especially over yeah. multiple generations too mm-hmm. so like if you don't have any other options other than people who are closely related to you over like multiple generations you're gonna get some wonky stuff so yeah that's maybe an, a possibly another limiting factor into a, a mars colony that would be like a long-term thing right yeah, yeah, we'd have to send a whole lot of people. Even if we sent a whole lot of people, there would definitely be bottlenecks and there would be weird weird traits that would spread among the population really quickly. Like some some guy has like a crook in his nose and in you know, three or four generations, everybody has that crook in their nose. And it's just like, yeah, that's what Martians look like. They just got this crook in their nose. And then with the way that people are, you know, that's going to turn into a racism, like immediately, like right off the bat, they're like just itching for something to be racist about. So they're like, ooh, got it. Thank you very much. I will be taking that actually. (laughs) Yes. Depending on whether the people who go to Mars are the millionaires or the the impoverished people, it's going to be either a signal of wealth or a signal that you know you're lesser than true it could be a Habsburg jaw situation yeah right where it starts being like oh that is an interesting trait but that is a trait associated with wealthy people so we like it (laughs) exactly yeah oh man see SpaceX space incest space Habsburg jaw (laughs) (laughs) this leads you to a whole host of of interesting uh, thought experiments to have I almost like it when there's not a lot of like information available on something because then you get to fill in a lot of the blanks yourself which is very fun that's why I hope there's never any confirmation anyway about extraterrestrial life (laughs) 
Yeah. I hope we never get the it's answer. It's so fun to think about. I mean, once we find like bacterial life, we're like, oh, that's no, it. It's over. Are just bacteria. It's Pack fine. it up. Like, we can't, this is yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like the like search for what is it? SETI, the search for extraterrestrial mm-hmm. intelligence. I'd be like, do you have to? <laughs> just let me think about it. It's just fun. Yeah. Well, SpaceX is fascinating. It is. And, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, have thought about SpaceX and talked about SpaceX. But you know who what they haven't talked about that we have? What? Is space incest. They're too afraid to go there. I think that's like probably the first time it's been uttered. I'm too afraid to go there because, Uh you know, so far people are only thinking about like the astronauts that get sent up. But like eventually you're going to have colonies and people that are going to be spending a lot of time in space. Oh, gosh, that just makes me think about the people on that ship in WALL-E. And that that was a very isolated community of people that had never made contact outside of their community with other human beings. Are you saying that there was incest in a Disney movie? That canonically, canonically, that population had been isolated on that spaceship for 700 years because they celebrated the septuacentennial of the voyage while on the ship. It's impossible, right? (laughs) That they could have had that many generations without some some for sure cousins on there. Although, you know, you know, probably it wasn't the first Disney movie. The Lion King definitely had to have some incest, too. I just. Well, wasn't I don't know. You're you're the expert here. Okay, so do lions sort of Um, there's a there's like a a way that they sort of skirt around it not being incestuous in The Lion King Mm (laughs) 2. I don't know if you've seen The Lion King 2. I my sister was obsessed with those movies. So I have seen it, but it's been a long time. So The Lion King 1, you know, is like a reskin of Hamlet. Lion King 2 is a reskin of Romeo and Juliet, um, where the main characters are Kiara, who is the daughter of Simba. And Kovu, who is the adopted son, which I say in air quotes, Uh. because he also looks exactly like Scar. Oh. And they refer to Scar as like being like his father. And he looks like Scar. So he's certainly meant to be like a successor to Scar and like a son-like figure to Scar. Notably, Scar and Kiara's father, Mufasa, are brothers. Which means that Kiara and Kovu are cousins. I misspoke here. Kiara was the son of Simba, which would have made Kiara Kovu's niece, not cousin. And they do, they are the romantic leads of the movie. (laughs) They do fall in love and get married. So, (laughs) like, it feels like they wrote that whole movie and then afterwards were like looking back at it and they were like, oh, they're cousins, aren't they? Oh no! Oh, crap. oh no! So like they like crammed a couple of lines in there after the fact that like oh he was like a father to you, right? Like they feel very clunky. Like they yeah. like added them to make them not cousins. Because <laughs> he like looks like Scar. There's a scene where like he gets a scratch on his eye that makes him look more like Scar, and like he's clearly meant to be like an extension of Scar. And then you're like, oh wait, oh no, you're cousins. <laughs> Aww. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably not the first instance of, of it's the first instance of like logically canonical incest yeah, in I'm, a Disney movie. I'm so glad that you, you had that <laughs> in your back pocket, though. That was important information. <laughs> I have two kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've seen, I've got every Pixar movie in my pocket. I'm ready to go. Yep.
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a good note to wrap up on, Ashley. It's been a delight. Thank you so yeah. much. Let folks know where they can find you. Um, I'm on Twitter at Smashley Hamer, and that's kind of it right now. So just go there. Absolutely. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with an episode on poisonous plants and their role in history with my friend, Dr. Vikram Baliga. Ashley will be back as our co-host, alternating with guests. You can follow us on social media to keep up with the show as it grows or let us know what you thought and leave a good review if you liked what you heard. This is a brand new show and, you know, who knows where it's going to go from here. So I'm really excited to share it with y'all. Our theme music is Snake Oil by Doug Organ. If you made it this far, here's a palate cleanser. Sea urchins naturally pick up shells and other debris and wear them like hard hats to act as protection and camouflage on the reef. Some aquarists even make tiny 3D printed hats for their dapper little echinoderms. Thanks. Until next time. Bye.